You're listening to Harper Audio Presents, a podcast that brings you conversation and inspiration from your favorite authors, editors, and creators, giving you new perspectives on the world of books, culture, and the arts. We are part of the HarperCollins Presents Network of Podcasts. I'm Anna Maria Alessi, and this week we have a very special episode. With me today is Julia Claiborne Johnson, author of the debut novel, Be Frank With Me, publishing by William Morrow Books on February 2nd, and Tavia Gilbert, an award-winning narrator who recorded Be Frank With Me, one of over 300 books that Tavia has lent her intuitive interpretation, clever diction and pacing, and sensitivity to the author's intent. And I will tell you that while I was reading that, Tavia was giving me the signal that she's already up to 400 books. (laughs) She's a busy, busy person. So welcome, Julia and Tavia. Thank you. So nice to be with you. All right. Now, I thought that we would start by asking Tavia to read a couple of the very many and very enthusiastic responses to Be Frank With Me. So, Tavia? Absolutely. And I totally agree with them both. Witty, but never cutesy. Deeply felt, but never sentimental. Peopled with deeply flawed, fully realized characters I cared about— I loved every minute I spent in Julia Claiborne Johnson's glass house with her cast of dedicated stone throwers. This one is special. Don't miss it. And that's what Jocelyn Jackson, the New York Times best-selling author of The Opposite of Everyone, said. And Julia Sweeney, author, actress, and well-known comedian, said, Beautifully written, brimming with insight, mystery, and benevolent wit, Julia Johnson had me gripped from the first chapter to the final page of Be Frank With Me. You know what's funny? When she was reading it, I was like, that, that book sounds fantastic. Doesn't it? Don't you I just want to listen? It. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Julia, tell us a little bit about your characters in Be Frank With Me, starting with, of course, Frank, but also Alice and the reclusive M.M. Banning. Reclusive M.M. Banning. Banning. Well, do you want me to tell you how they how they came to be? Yes, please. Okay. Well, when you're young, I'm not that young. So, but when you're young and you have no kids yet, you're like, oh man, I'm going to be the best parent there ever is in the world. I am. I have so got this. That's Alice. She hasn't had kids of her own. Then there's the middle aged person, which is what I am, where you're just like, oh, let me get through this day without somebody ended up like in the hospital. So that's Mimi. And Frank is just like, I don't know, man. He just like, he just sort of came from quasi nowhere, but not really, you know, it just, my daughter was reading um, To Kill a Mockingbird and I reread it with her when she was reading it. And I was like, oh, Ooh Radley's autistic. But when I read it, nobody knew what that was. And then I thought, you know, as a mother, I thought, well, I'll tell you something. It's a lot easier to write that character than to raise it. And so then that sort of came from there because we live in Hollywood and I used to work in fashion magazines and the writers are not very fashionable. Uh, You could tell the the girls in fashion felt bad for us. You're like, she's a nice girl, but my God, look what she has on. But it, it was fascinating to me to see what the fashion people could put together. They were so brilliant and it was a kind of brilliance I hadn't been exposed to. So is that the inspiration for Frank's, the the way that he, he dresses? So tell us a little bit more about Frank and his character. Well, you know, because and the reason I brought up the Hollywood part is because we live in Hollywood and we watch a lot of old movies and my husband worked on a TV lot. It was Paramount. 
and you would see people walking by in their outfits and you think, man, they used to really know how to dress. And I was trying to think of a way that showed genius that was visual that everybody could get next to. And my husband and his father and my son are all very snappy dressers. And I would admire them. I thought that's kind of an interesting way to do it because a lot of times when the kids are spectrumy kids or super geniuses, they're math or science people. And you don't really see the visual flair until you start to recognize, oh, that's a kind of genius too. So, Yes. What resonated to me most in this story was that it was a, it was a, um, a coming of age, mm-hmm. and it was a coming of age for all three characters. Right. They all grow up, and I think in the most notable ways that they change mm-hmm. is their expectations of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and Alice says it, uh, you know, sort of towards the end very specifically. She said, I don't, I don't expect that anymore. She, she comes to the, to the end of this experience mm-hmm. and she really is changed in oh, terms yeah. of her expectations, but you know, in all three of them. So mm-hmm. was that also something that you thought a lot about in, in, in terms of planning? And was that something else that you wanted very much to articulate? Oh, yeah. That was like the whole business. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask both of you about your process in a minute. I'm going to bring okay. Tavia in, but but I am curious, what compelled you to want to go through the misery of writing a novel? Oh well, you know, when I was young, I was a magazine writer, and and I was a I worked really hard. I wrote a million articles. They came out very easily, not easily, easily, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it wasn't like it wasn't eviscerating myself to write them. Yeah. And I had read enough novels and knew enough about it to know that, like, the hardest part of a novel is having the part that's going to get you through everything. And I didn't feel like I had anything inside me that I was ready to talk about and to suffer for. And I knew it would be years, and I just didn't seem to have it. But when I thought of the, this thing, when I had a, the moment, the epiphany of, like, it's a lot easier to write that than to raise it, like, that whole story, like, spun out in the course of five minutes for me. I was like, oh, this is how it is. And I realized it's because I have a perspective that as a 25-year-old, I didn't have. And now I can sort of see all the angles of stuff. I mean, I wish I could see, really see all the angles, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I had more perspective, so. Yeah, well, it definitely comes across. Now, I want to ask Tavia some questions because, you know, okay. she, her life, you, you know, you all write these marvelous books, and then her life is to to interpret them and to draw even more out of them, which mm-hmm. I think a, a great narrator does, and I think mm-hmm. she consistently does. Oh, so, can I say something to her before you say anything yes. to her? I wish I was as good at reading Frank as you are. Oh, that thank is, you. You're just like, I'm like, oh my God, she's amazing at this. So, Isn't she? Anyway, okay. I'm so glad you feel that way. I really wanted to get him right. So so how does it work? You, you get the assignment and you're presented with a book, you know, tell us what happens next. So I'll read the the book in its entirety, and I have a system of marking different things to think about. So I'll mark every new character and the character description, any notes that the writer has given about the quality of their voice. Mm-hmm. There were some specifics about how Frank sounded. I'm looking for clues in the text about body language, um, body type, you know, geographic region of origin, socioeconomic status, all of those things that influence the sound of a character's voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading the story, taking it in, enjoying it, uh, falling in love with the characters myself. And then I start to record 
whatever happens sort of happens. Each book requires its own pace, and the the writing drives the story in a in a beautifully crafted book like this. My job is to interpret it and get out of the way. So now, Julia, what what is your writing? You know, what are your habits? When do you do it? And are you are you do you have another gig that you're still doing, or no. have you are you doing this full time? Well, I had other things I tried to do that never panned out for anything, but. My children were much younger then because, you know, it, this right now is six years after when I started writing it. So I would have to wedge it in between having to go get them, drive them to doctor's appointments, you know, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But it's amazing how when you have very little time, how it focuses your mind because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I've got an hour and a half. And then you just like write like a crazy person. And I would do it late at night. What what helped me be successful as a magazine writer when I was a magazine writer was I wouldn't give up. Like I would just sit in the chair until I was done. Yeah. And you had to write so, to deadline. So that might have helped too, right? Like my husband is also a writer and his watchword is always something is better than nothing. So I've learned from that and from magazine writer just to like not agonize and just to write it because then you can fix it. But if you let yourself get caught up in like the blinking, I guess cursors don't blink anymore, but just the blank page. Yeah. Then you get in, you start to snowball into despair. So I, I was able right. to forestall that. Now, so six years later, mm-hmm. this book is about to be birthed. I'm always curious. I always ask authors, how was the publishing process? What surprised you and what really challenged you? You know, I had an amazingly sort of easy time because my favorite book is this book called um, Bel Canto. Of course. Uh, Anne Patchett. Anne Patchett, mm-hmm. Which is the greatest book in the world. Mm-hmm. And so... I wrote my first draft and I finished it at like 11 o'clock one night and I thought to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to see who her agent is. And so I looked up her name. I wrote her a letter. I went to bed. The next morning she called me up. She took me a week later. And then it was sort of, I mean, it wasn't totally smooth sailing. She was like, it's going to sell in a week. And I was excited and it didn't sell in a week. But then I rewrote it because it was a first draft. Yeah. And then, then after I rewrote it, it sold in a week. Well, I hope it's just the first of many. I hope so, too. <laughs> Keep eviscerating yourself, please. Hey, maybe you can write the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to ask you for that sacrifice, but your, your yeah, fans exactly. want it. It's just a lot of, but you know what's nice is once you've done it, once you're like, oh, I get it now. You know, I can understand how it goes. It's when you don't know what you're doing. And is it also like the pain of childbirth? Do you, have you forgotten the misery of yeah. the five years? Yeah. It was so easy now. <laughs> that book, I practically sneezed and it came out of me. So do you have an idea and are you working on another one? Well, I can't tell you anything about it, but I have two super solid ones. All right. Well, we'll talk to you n- next time when we meet again on your next publication. Okay. But we want to thank you so very much for the book and for your time today. Oh, it's sure. been a sincere pleasure. And thank you, Tavia, for your lovely recording and for joining us today as well. My pleasure. Nice to be with you. We've been talking to Julia Claiborne Johnson about her new book, Be Frank With Me, available wherever hardcovers, ebooks, and audiobooks are sold. So be sure to read it. Thanks. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Kat Theck with production help from Jennifer Monroe. The books featured in this episode are available for purchase wherever books are sold. Please be sure to subscribe to Harper Audio Presents, and you can send us a question or comment via our Facebook page. We hope you'll join us next time as we hear more from the leading figures across books, culture, and the arts, all brought to you by Harper Audio Presents.